Welcome to another episode of Red Pilled Mail. I am your host, Rich. I hope you gentlemen are doing fantastic today. All right, guys, quick announcement. Um, so if you've noticed on the previous episodes that I have, I do have a question now attached to each of those episodes. And that's just kind of trying to get your mindset about uh, certain things about the story or maybe what you think about certain kinds of women who hold certain ideologies and beliefs and and maybe like kind of some of them are you know what if you were in this situation what would you do or what do you think of women who you know are are overly promiscuous or some like you know they're in those kinds of lines now guys please be respectful please you know please take those questions seriously i i genuinely want to know what y'all think and and uh, where where y'all kind of feel? Maybe y'all have a story that that uh, needs to be said, and I'll probably collect these and uh, kind of uh, maybe do a whole show on it where I I read y'all's y'all's uh, answers to these questions. So just be respectful, be mindful, you know, of what you say. As far as uh, you know, I don't want to hear things about being violent or doing violent things to people. I will not acknowledge those. I will just get rid of them or I'll report them to wherever I have to do. I, I'm not for that stuff. That's not what this show's about. The show's about trying to help guys, you know, navigate through the life of relationships and marriage and and understanding what kind of women are out there. And maybe taking some of these stories and learning from them to wake you guys up and kind of make you understand that, you know, women are not sugar and spice and everything nice. Okay. There are some good ones out there, but let's face it, guys, there, there are few and in between now. All right. There, there are a lot less of those women than there used to be. And they're a dying breed. And that's unfortunate. And if you are thinking about, long-term relationship and even marriage, you know, those are things you have to consider. So again, be respectful about your responses. I want serious responses so I can collect those and kind of just, you know, get y'all's mindset and we'll do, I'll do a whole episode on them. So just letting y'all know that those are, those are on the episodes now. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into this, uh, this uh episode here <laughs> okay i got a story from reddit it's titled i cheated on my husband of 14 years and lost him forever so this is the story from the wife's perspective who cheated on her husband of 14 years and apparently she lost him forever Okay, she says, this is, this is long. Oh, God, you're going to make me read a long one. Okay. <laughs> but it is something I needed to get off my chest. Well, thank you for that. I have to thank her for that because it actually does give me material to go over an episode with. She goes on to say, uh, my husband and I have been together for 16 years and married for 14. So they've actually been together for 16. We have two daughters. Oh, it's even worse. Uh, who are not that they have daughters, the fact that they have children and she cheated. That's what makes it worse. 
who are 13 and 12. About three months ago, I cheated on him with my coworker once and I cheated on him with my coworker once and immediately regretted it. To be honest, I still haven't figured out the real reason I cheated. I think I know. I think I know. On the surface level, the reason would be that my husband was caught up with work for a couple of months and I felt neglected and unappreciated at times. No, that was the catalyst. That was the stressor that inevitably made her her look for attention in another man. Let me see here. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? I lost my place. Jeez. Uh, says here, I know that isn't the real reason, so I'm trying to figure out what is through individual counseling. I only cheated on him that one time and immediately told him the next day because I couldn't bottle up my guilt and shame. He was shocked, really. He was shocked to hear that his wife of 14 years cheated on him. (laughs) I think any guy would be shocked, right? He was shocked at first, but then went on to call me the most horrid names. I don't blame it. Well, look, she says, I deserved it. (laughs) I deserved a lot more. That's just her grief or her guilt and remorse talking there. I don't even know how I got to that point of me sleeping with my coworker. Really? You don't know how it got to that point. I think I could probably draw a map of point A to point B uh, without having to know any other details. Because this is a very very typical story you hear. And the fact that she can't figure out why she did what she did uh, says a lot about how connected she is to her marriage, to her her husband, to her family, to reality. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and uh, continue here. It started with innocent flirting. Oh, my. We're going to get back. Look, guys, I'm going to get through this paragraph and I'm going to really tear it apart. It started out with innocent flirting. And before I knew it, (laughs) before I knew it, I made the worst mistake. Oh, shit. Here's the mistake word again of my life by sleeping with him. I'd wish I got hit hit by a car before sleeping with him. I cut off all contact with my coworker and gave up my phone to my husband. I wanted to reassure him that I was willing to make this work in his on his terms, whatever they were, as long as he would give me another chance. Even though in my heart I knew that I wanted another chance, To prove myself, I told him that I would understand if he went through with a divorce. So she's giving him a way out. And he said, okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You just greenlit it for me. (laughs) Okay. So here we have a woman... 14 years or 16 years, excuse me, 16 years with a guy. So almost, almost two decades, two children, 12 and 13. They've been married for 14 years. 
And all it, all it took, the stressor, the callus for her to cheat was two months of him being too busy at work to pay her some attention. That's it. And she's like, I don't know why, though. I know there's a deeper reason why I cheated. Yeah, that's because you were bored. You found your life to be mundane, routine. You had the kids, you had the job, you had the, you know, the coming home, cooking dinners and do that. You know, some women would love to be in your place that don't have that, that wish they did. And you take it for granted because you felt that was mundane and boring and routine. That, that Let's not kid ourselves, guys. This is the number. This is probably one of the number one reasons why women cheat. It's because of boredom, because they feel that my lot, my marriage, I've been with this guy for so long and yeah, he's a good guy, but you know, it's boring and there's nothing really good. Look, mundane and routine is good compared to chaotic and quarrelsome. Okay. I'll take mundane and routine any day over being on an emotional roller coaster 24-7 with somebody. <laughs> All right? So this crap about, you know, uh, I'm bored. I, I don't feel like I am I have enough attention coming my way. I feel neglected. Yeah, you know what? Just stop. Stop with the self-indulgent, self-serving attitude and realize that you're married. You are married. It isn't about you at that point. It's about your husband, your kids, and you. You're all one unit. It, that is how you should see your marriage and family, is that you are all one unit, and what you do affects everyone else around you. You know, she's talking about her husband here. You know, but is she, is, is he really the only one she betrayed? Is she really the only one that she, you know, uh, cheated on technically? Is he? No. Her kids too, her two daughters. She wasn't thinking about them about their well-being, about their family unit, about how it's going to affect them as well. Again, very typical story we hear, right? <laughs> and all it took was two months, two months of him just being a little too busy to give her some attention that's all it took for her to go find attention from someone else. And again, here she goes. She, she starts making comments that I really hate hearing. Okay. I really hate hearing these types of comments. And I'm going to tell you why I've got, I kind of, I've talked about this before, but I need to stress on this because these comments need to stop from men and women, especially women. <laughs> she goes, I don't even know how it got to 
the point of me sleeping with my coworker. Yes, you do. You know exactly. I You can draw a map from A to B. It started with innocent flirting. That is bullshit. There was nothing innocent about your flirting. It was intentional and it was deliberate. And you liked it. You liked the advances. You liked the flirting. You thought it was exciting because it's taboo. And you're married. And you know deep down it's wrong. But you did it anyways. It was not innocent. You know when flirting's innocent? When you're single and the other person's single. And you like her and she likes you. And y'all kind of have this little playful banter back and forth. This innocent little flirting y'all do. It's consensual and it's, it's uh, you know, uh, appreciated on both ends. That's when flirting's innocent. Because that's the starting or the building of a relationship. What you did was a perversion of that. What you did by flirting is cheating. Do not take less accountability for your actions. And that's what these turn of phrases do. That's what these phrases like, before I knew, before I knew it, I made the biggest mistake of my life. It was not a mistake. Those of you that listened to the show before know I hate that word when it comes to cheating. You planned it. You had every opportunity to think about your husband and kids and say, this is wrong. I need to stop. Flirting with this man who is not my husband, who I'm not married to, who I do not have children with is wrong. And I should probably not do it. I should probably ignore his advances or tell him, look, I'm sorry. I can't do this. I need you to respect my wishes. And if he doesn't, you report him for it. That's how you deal with it. That's how you nip it in the bud. She had every chance to turn away from this mistake that she says it is. No, it's a choice. At this point, it's a choice. I've already explained the real definition of a mistake. I did something that had a consequence that I didn't intend to happen. I made a left when I was supposed to make a right in my car, and now the nearest turnaround is two miles down, and I have to drive back, putting me at an inconvenience. That's an unintended consequence of a mistake I made while driving. There is no mistake when it comes to cheating. You wanted to cheat. You thought it through. You had numerous chances to correct yourself, to, to stop it at flirting and say, this is wrong. I can't do this. I can't do it to my husband. Can't do it to my kids. I need to remember that I'm a married woman and my commitment to that marriage comes first. And men, you're no different. 
Uh, this is what I'm going to say, because generally we're speaking in terms about a woman who's who's cheated, right? But men, you're no different. If you are married, do not be cheating. You have no excuse either. You have no excuse if you're married. If that's the case, don't be married. Don't have kids. Go live your life and have all the opportunities that you want to have sex with women. If that's the kind of life you want to live, that's what you want to choose, then do that. Don't be, don't commit to someone and say the vows that we all say, you know, when we get married and, and treat them like they're just a suggestion or, or, you know, maybe I'll follow those. Maybe I'll follow, you know, the I'll forsake all others besides you through, you know, good times and bad for richer or poor in sickness and in health till death do us part. Those are all suggestions. Now, I guess if you ask modern people in our society now, that's how they treat them. They are sacred commitments, vows that are supposed to be unbroken. But people break them all the time. Two months. That's all it took for her to break her vows. Two months of, he's just a little too busy at work to give you some attention. Two months. It's pathetic. And these these phrases she's like she likes to use to try and lessen the accountability of her choice, which let's not care ourselves. It's a choice, not a mistake. It's a choice. And then she gives him a way out. Well, of course he's gonna take it. She just Validate. She didn't say, let's work this out. Let's go to marriage counseling. Let's let's do something because I know I screwed up and I need to make this right. And this is a hard pill for men to swallow. I'm not gonna kid you. I I will I will say that it will it's probably easier for a woman to forgive this behavior than it is for a man. Because of things I've talked about on this show before. About the, the ways we show commitment. In a relationship. In a marriage especially. Now fidelity for men in a marriage, I will say. And I've, you know, guys, understand something. I understand that men of a certain status, a certain caliber... are just, you know, are inundated with opportunity to have sex with women. Most of us average guys aren't. So we get what we can. And if we find a really good one, we usually try to, uh, you know, obtain her, uh, obtain her exclusively, right? And we do that through marriage. And we have children and we, you know, the, there's a lot that goes into it, okay? I've, I've made comments about men of a certain caliber and status that uh, 
uh, are going to probably be uh, are are not going to be uh, monogamous to their wives or to their girlfriends. I don't say that I, and I'm not saying that that's okay. I, I really, I really don't like cheating either way, either which way. We do show commitment differently though. The, and the one way that women show commitment is fidelity. That is the biggest way. That's all that most men are asking is, Hey, don't spread your legs for another guy. Okay. I want to make sure that my kids are mine and I'm not being cuckled and raising some other dude's kid. And you're going to lie to me for years until it starts being obvious that this ain't my kid or something comes out and I'm already vested 15 years into this person. And find out that, oh, they're not even mine. <clears throat> it, that That's all men are really asking for. Just be nice to me and don't sleep with other dudes. She couldn't even do that. She couldn't even do that. And what do men as men, how do we show commitment? It's not really by fidelity. I'm going to say that you should not. If you're going to be married, I say err on the side of caution, don't cheat. Because marriage really isn't the the risk outweigh the rewards in marriage. I'm I'm I know it sounds terrible to say, but it is the truth. How many guys have been taken to the ringer in family court and divorce court? Okay? That these things happen to men on a daily basis where they get bent over by the legal system and financially graped. Okay, y'all know what I mean when I say graped. All right. I'm not, I can't say the the other word because I'll get flagged. <clears throat> but we show our commitment by Providing our resources, right? Finances, security, provisioning, you know, uh, protection, willing to die for that woman and our children to protect them from all forms of adversaries that may come our way. That is how we show it. And again, I'm going to say fidelity be the last one on that list. It'd be very low. Because if you're married, it's not worth cheating. It, it really isn't. You know, and I've talked about the different dynamics of being married and, and having, you know, uh, forsaking all others for this one person. Well, you know, women, that means that that man isn't going to have sex with anyone else. He's going to give up on that, on his pursuit of, having a variety of women or different sexual encounters for you. You have to understand how serious this is for a man to do. That type of sacrifice he's making for you. Because it is not easy for men to have sex, especially your average Joe, to have an abundance of sex. It just isn't. So 
If he's going to give up that, then you need to give him what he needs. Now, of course, exceptions are made, medical conditions, you know, time of the month, certain things like that. I get, look, you know, but just make sure your man is happy. That's that's all you got to do. There's nothing wrong with pleasuring your husband because he's your husband and you married him because you wanted to have a life with him. You wanted to be joined to him and he to you. That's what marriage is about, guys. It's not about how you feel. It's not about your feelings. I'm not happy. I'm bored. I, I, I want entertainment. I want, I want to seek attention and, and I want to feel, you know, appreciated and this and that. And it's like, those are all fleeting feelings. Love is a fleeting feeling. Happiness is a fleeting feel. They don't understand something. When people hear me say that, they think, oh, what are you talking about? Marriage is all about love and happiness. No, it's not. It's about commitment and duty. First, love and happiness come later. Okay? People need to understand something. When you're, okay, let me give you an example of this because I know I've kind of gone kind of long on this, but I, I really want you to understand the seriousness of what marriage is and, and the roles that we play in it. Okay? Let me put it to you this. So when when I'm, you're fighting with your wife about something, right? Or whatever it is, argument, insert here. Are you in love with her at that? You love her, but are you really feeling the love at that moment? Are you feeling happy when you're arguing and 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 y'all are 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 frustrated and angry with each other? And you may have resentment towards each other after the fight because maybe some hurtful things were exchanged, some hurtful words were exchanged. Are you really going to be feeling love and, and happiness? That's what I mean, that they're fleeting moments. But what do you have to hold you together at that moment? It's not really love because you're not loving someone at that moment. You're angry. You're frustrated. Commitment and duty to your marriage. The vows that you said. I just said them a little while ago. Forsake all others through richer or poorer, for sickness or in health, till death do you part. There's nothing about love and happiness in that, is there? Did you hear me once say anything about love or happiness? It's not what those vows are about. Those vows are about commitment and duty to each other. Where there were once two, now there exists one. And that's what marriage is about. That's what people don't understand. They treat it like it's a suggestion, like vows are just a suggestion. It's exactly what she did. I'm bored. I'm tired of my mundane routine life with my husband of 14 years, been together 16, but married 14 
and our two daughters, 13 and 12. I'm bored with that. And I'm going to seek attention from another person to spice it up. All right, let's go ahead and continue. But I am going to continue this in the second segment since I did ramble and rant for a little too long on that one. But again, I think it was pretty good ramble and rant. All right, I'll see y'all in the second segment coming up right now. All right, guys, welcome back to part two. Let's go ahead and try and wrap this up in the second one. Uh, We'll see how long we go, though. Let's go ahead and continue with the story here. She goes, anyways, I told my husband that I would do anything to regain his trust and express my sorrow and regret for having hurt him so much. My husband has always been the type of guy to give a person only one chance, even in his friendships. If the trust has been broken, he he wouldn't give the person another chance. So now it's his, her husband's fault because he's he's particular in a certain way where trust maybe is very important to him. Trust and loyalty are very important to him. And if somebody violates his trust because he puts it into them and he's showing them mutual trust and respect and they disrespect him and, and show him and and violate his trust he wants nothing to do with them i don't see that as being a flaw i see that as him being very principled and the fact that he acknowledges that trust is very important to him in his life and he's not going to have time for people who are distrustful but she made it a point to mention it And it almost seems like to mention it as a flaw, not a not a noble characteristic of having trust as a very important value and principle in your life. So she goes on to say, he said that he wanted a divorce, but then the whole quarantine thing happened and he stayed in the house for about two months and didn't proceed with the divorce. For the first month, he treated me very coldly, and the only time we talked was when it had to do with our daughters. I slept on the couch and tried to give him as much space as as he needed and only reminded him from time to time that if he ever wanted to work things out, I'd be more than willing to do... uh, I'd be more than willing to and would be completely devoted to the process of him working things out. Funny, you couldn't be completely devoted to your marriage and your commitment to your husband, you know, before you made the choice that you did, the bad choice you made. You know, it took you cheating to realize, oh my God, I should have been devoted. And, you know, I should have, uh, been working on, you know, whatever's going on in our marriage, we should have been talking about and working on it. And we should have been, you know, on the same page or at least trying to figure out what was going on in her life to make her feel the way she was feeling. But we all know what was going on. 14 years married, two kids, 
same thing every day, every week. It's the same old, same old. And it's Monday. I'm bored. I'm bored. That's that's essentially what it boiled down to. <clears throat> okay. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and uh, continue here. Uh, let's see here. He even said some spiteful things during uh, during that month and distanced himself from me completely. During the second month, there was a change as he began talking to me again. We we talked about daily stuff and even watched movies together with the girls as a family. I felt like he wanted to try and reconcile, and I was so happy. I was thrilled that there were there might be a chance to save my family, to save us. Eventually, though, uh, the next couple of days, I could sense us becoming friends all over again. He was invite. He even invited me to sleep on the bed again. I was really working out, and. I see. I was really working out and I reminded him uh, that he could talk. Let me see here. Oh, it was I was really I'm sorry. That's why it didn't make sense. It was really working out. And I reminded him that he could talk about anything he wanted with me. A couple of weeks passed and we were getting along even better. We were spending time as a family again and had gotten closer with each other as well. I felt really good about the way things were going, but I wish I suggested marriage counseling. I just didn't want to pressure him and have him think that I wanted to sweep the situation under the rug or that I was trying to influence him to not divorce me. You know, th this is kind of a cop out here uh, of what she's saying. You know, marriage counseling would have obviously been the right course of action. And it wouldn't have been any of this stuff about pressuring him to stay with her. You know what probably was the real reason she didn't want to go to counseling? Because things were going good. And she was like, oh, we're kind of getting back on a routine, kind of getting back to normal. Uh, maybe he's dealing with it. Maybe he's going to accept me back and this and that. You know why she really didn't want it? Because of that. And plus, she knows that she had to admit that she did wrong. That she was the sole reason that her marriage is in the situation it's in. And that's hard for a lot of women to do. It's hard for a lot of people to do in general, especially women. <laughs> so, no, she, this stuff about I don't want to pressure him not to divorce. Do you not want to fight for your marriage? I mean, you're saying that you wanted to be totally devoted to him and all. Why wouldn't you tell, let, let's go to counseling? Let's, I'll do whatever we have to do. I have to do to make this work. Let's go talk about our stuff. Let's go work it out and, and try. Let's try for our kids sake, for our marriage sake, for the family. Let's try. And she didn't, she didn't say any of that. Otherwise they would have gone to marriage 
counseling. And that's not a guarantee that it would have worked out, but maybe it would have helped. Maybe she would have been telling a different story if that was the case. That's a hard pill to swallow, though, guys. <laughs> it really is. Okay, let's go ahead and continue. Uh, she says uh, right here. One night we were drinking a bit and uh, talking in our bedroom and I felt a genuine connection rebuilding. I felt like we were falling for each other all over again and it made me so happy. Because well, you're getting all this attention that you say you weren't before. <laughs> this uh, This is the part I regret now. I decided to make a move on him and straddled him while we were laughing at a joke. We looked at we we looked each other in the eyes and so naturally I began making out with him. I honestly felt like we were 20 all over again. He kissed me back as well, but after a while he just started crying. Yeah, cuz he's he's freaking broken. This guy wasn't ready to be intimate. He wasn't ready. I'm glad she acknowledges that. But he wasn't ready for that. You know why? Most of you guys, right? It's probably, it's kind of rhetorical. Why? Because all he's thinking about at that moment is that she cheated on me. She did this with some other guy and, and hurt me in a way that is almost unforgivable. You know, I'm not saying that he can't forgive her one day. I'm not saying that, you know, that, that it's impossible. Is it probable? You know, look, he may forgive her one day, but he might not be with her. And that may just be how it plays out. Now, yes, for... The sake of the kids, I, you know, I, I wish people could work these things out and, and that's really easier said than done, you know, being in that situation. And I've been in that situation where, you know, I was cheated on and, and, uh, and my ex didn't want anything to do with me. So I know, I know that pain. I know what it feels like to know that this person isn't being honest and truthful and loyal to me. And they don't even want to be with me. You know, and so, yeah. So it the hurt is just too much for him right now. He wasn't ready to be intimate. He was still grieving. He was still hurting. So yeah, at least she acknowledges that. But again, marriage counseling could have helped him or helped them get through that process. You know, I'm not saying it's a guarantee. Therapy's never a guarantee, but... It's something, though. It's proactive. You know, it, rather than trying to deal with something yourself and not having some kind of professional guidance of how to go about something, especially if you've never faced that situation before, or maybe you're just not capable of really handling that, that's, that's fine. There's a lot of times where people aren't capable of handling certain catastrophic situations in their life and they need help to do that to help them kind of point them in the right direction 
That's where counseling comes in. That's where therapy comes in. That's why that field exists. And I think we need more of those people. Good ones, too. <laughs> like my wife. <laughs> I got to give, give props to my wife. She deals with a lot, of, a lot of stuff. I don't know exactly what goes on because I'm not allowed to. But I know her. And I know when she's had some hard sessions. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, if you ever look at Jordan Peterson and he talks, this is just a side note here. You know, he talks about this uh, because he, he essentially he does what my wife does, you know, and uh, he's a clinician like her, except he's got a doctorate. He's a, he's a doctor. And my wife is, she just has a undergraduate degree or graduate degree. Sorry. Um, she has her, her masters, but, uh, you know, there is a, a thing about hearing these stories, you know, over and over about these very broken and, 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 and very, uh, you know, people in, in, in immense amount of grief and pain and, and resentment and anger and, and dealing with addiction and stuff like that. And, and just the, the hurt that these people feel. And seeing how broken they are, you know, the, that takes a toll on the person themselves, on the person who has to listen to these stories, who has to try and help these people. You know, it, it, there is some truth to that. You know, just like first responders see people a lot of times we meet, they meet people in their, you know, in their worst moments, usually a car accident where their kid has died or, you know, uh, a neighbor or I'm sorry, a, a family member who's, uh, you know, passed away and, and the family's there grieving, you know, an EMS has to see that pain uh, or police have to see, you know, people shot and stabbed and, and the cruelty that humans can do to each other or fire, fire, uh, you know, uh, fighters have to see, uh, people burned up or, or, you know, people that OD or something like that. Like it takes its toll on people. So, you know, it's important though, that people seek these things out and, and they have somebody to talk to. You know, they, they have somebody to, to unload this stuff on, you know, because there are things in life that we can't always handle as, as badasses men that we think we are, you know, and as machismo as we, we like to think we are, we're still human beings. We still are affected by our environment and the situations that happen in it. And we need to have an outlet at times, either friends, good friends who are going to give you constructive and positive criticism or advice or a therapist or counselor you feel comfortable with or a priest or, or a pastor you feel comfortable with talking about these situations and about these things that are going on in your life. You know, th this is this is why I promote therapy, why I promote counseling 
And you have to make sure you're with somebody that you, you feel comfortable with, that you connect with. And I always tell men, they should probably go talk to another male therapist. Uh, ideally, talk to a male therapist because he's going to give you a male perspective. He knows from a certain standpoint, maybe he hasn't gone through what you, but he knows, okay, you're a guy, I'm a guy. This is how we're, you know, as a man, this is how we'll deal with it. There is not some one size fits all therapy for everyone across the board. Uh, there might be certain models and certain, uh, you know, certain things that people fall under and, and you can route their diet, you know, their treatment through that, but there is no one size fits all therapy model. Okay. Some things work for others, uh, other, you know, this might work for that person. This might work for, you know, people deal and cope with stress and, and grief and, 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 and pain in different ways. So, all right, let's go ahead and continue because I went off on another tangent there. All right, second. Let's see here. Uh, so she made this dumb decision to make a move on him. He wasn't ready, right? He wasn't ready. Uh, and uh, he started crying because he's still paying. He's in still, he's paying. I'm not going to fault him for crying, guys. I don't fault guys for crying. You know, when it comes to this, because this is this is the one thing, the, the the one of many one things that a woman can do to a man that just totally destroys him. Especially when it wasn't warranted, it, it wasn't, you know, justified in any way. You know, which cheating never is, even to get back at somebody. Two wrongs don't make a right. Okay, that just makes you both terrible people. <laughs> you know, it just makes you both terrible for each other, essentially, if that's what you're going to do. Well, he cheated on me, so I'm going to cheat on him. Well, that doesn't make you any better. And it's not going to make you feel any better, despite what people may say or think. It really isn't. That's just you masking your pain and you're saying, I'm going to cause him pain now, or I'm going to cause her pain. That's not the way you deal with, with grief and, and with pain. Okay, so she goes she goes on to say, uh, he told me to stop and said that he couldn't. Uh, I felt so awful because I felt like he wanted to, but didn't at the same time. Yeah, he still loves her. I mean, that just doesn't go away. It just, he's, he's hurting and he's thinking that how can you do this to me? How can you do this? You know, when a couple months ago you spread your legs for some other guy, that's, that's what's going through his head. I guarantee you, you know, that, that he, he's just like, how, how is this even meaningful? You know, when you just did what you did a few months ago, and now I'm, you know, now I'm here and yeah, I love you. And, I, and I'm trying here, but I, I can't get past it. I just can't. <laughs> Which is why they should have been therapy. <laughs> All right, I'll stop being a dead horse to death. Uh, see, she goes here. Uh, 
it, it broke my heart to directly see how uh, badly my stupid decision had hurt him. I told him that I was sorry and we went to sleep. The reason I say I regret doing this is because I feel like this moment pushed him uh, away forever. Two days later, he informed me that he wanted to go through with the divorce. He said that he that he just doesn't think he could make it work even after trying for the last two months. Um, I, I think he's done. I think he's just hurting too much and that was too much too soon. She, I think she's right. I think she's right. She made, she, uh, she did something that, uh, was a mistake. Wow. Maybe we could use this example as a mistake. <laughs> she, she did some trying to be affectionate cause she was feeling that things were going right. Right. Things were, things were better. Things are, they're kind of getting back to normal. And she loves her. She says she loves her husband, you know, and yeah, maybe she does. Maybe she's, it's hard for me to say that she does wholeheartedly because of what she did. Women who love their men don't cheat. Women who love their men don't treat them like crap or ridicule. And the same goes for men. Men who love their women don't cheat. Men who love their women don't treat them like crap. And while she feels immense amount of guilt and pain and, and, uh, resent and remorse for what she's done, that may just be what's outweighing you know, what she actually may think she feels, you know, why did it have to get to that point for her to realize what she had and what she took for granted with her husband, what she had with her family? Why did it have to get to that point before she realizes oh, he really is a good guy? I have a great family. I have a great life. And I threw it all away for one night with a coworker. That's pretty sad and pathetic. So the fact that he wants to leave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that uh that 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 doesn't surprise me that he says, I can't deal with this because he's probably thinking I'll never get over this. Every time I kiss her, every time I make love, all I'm going to think is about this other guy, about this other guy who was, was, uh, you know, was, was with her, was being passionate with her, was, was making love to her. You know, did she like it? Was it, was he better than, was it better than what we have? You know, why did she do that? Why is she entertain? Why, why was I not good enough? Why, why did she, you know, forsake me and our children for, for, for this guy, for, for a one nighter? <clears throat> why? And she doesn't really have the answers. Obviously, she says it. I could tell you why. 
I, 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 I've told you why. It's classic, classic. I was bored. Our marriage was dull. And I've already told you. That's okay. That is okay because marriage isn't always rainbows and sunshine. It's never going to be happy unicorns and and uh, and stars and moonbeams. <laughs> Getting a little too hippie here, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and continue. Uh, says here, um, he said uh, that he he just. Uh, doesn't think he could make it work even after trying for the last two months. I wanted to fight with him about it, but I just told him that I understand. So you really didn't. Why, if you did, if you really wanted your marriage, you would have fought for it. And maybe her grief or her her remorse and guilt outweighed her sense or her will to fight for it. Who knows? But if you really, really wanted it, you would have fought for it. You wouldn't have just lied down and said, okay, I understand that you don't want to be with me anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's finish this last paragraph and then closing thoughts. Okay. It says we uh, we had already decided before that if a divorce was to happen, it would be on fair terms. Well, at least they had an exit strategy, right? That's I don't think that's really something you should really prepare for. But you know, maybe individually you should be prepared for that. But uh, talking about that together, oh, you know, if we ever get divorced, honey. Well, uh, you know, we'll make it sure it's on fair terms. You know, that, that's, that's a terrible conversation. It's like saying, you know, honey, when you die, uh, I, I'm going to go out and bang as many girls as I can. Or her or your wife telling you, yeah, honey, when you pass away, I'm going to bang your best friend, Raul, or whoever. That, that's terrible. It's the equivalent to having a conversation like that. Jeez. Sure, we both have lawyers, but we agreed on a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff together. We wanted to take a two week trip uh, or he wanted to take a two week trip, but would come back to pick up the girls after his trip. Uh, we both mutually agreed that we'd split the time with the girls after his trip. Uh, they would spend half the week with him and the other half with me. Well, these poor girls, man. I hope essentially what they did to is sat them down and and tried to relay the message that mom and dad love you. It's, you know, I know this is going to be hard on you. I know this is going to be a change, but you know, it's nothing y'all did. It's 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 between us and uh, things that we. Uh, that we just can't get past that have happened and, and we're both hurting or, or we're both hurting. And, and uh, this is what we think is best for right now. And uh, you know, it's, that's never an easy conversation to have. And there's no real closure for a kid to be like, okay, mom and dad, uh, that sounds okay to us. Yeah. Right. That's gonna. It's, Oh my Lord. It's, it's a terrible 
situation all around that could have been avoided. But let's continue. <laughs> you know what, guys? Let's continue in a third segment because I'm running short on time here and I really want to finish this and have some closing thoughts. Uh, so once again, I'll see you in the next segment. All right, guys. Couldn't do it in just two. I had to drag it out this time. But I think it's important. I think talking about the marriage thing, understanding marriage and how it's about commitment and duty and not about fleeting emotions like happiness and love. You know, I think that those things are important to talk about. I think really breaking down this relationship and, and what was going on in it is important because you guys, sometimes y'all are, sometimes you guys don't really understand what goes through women's heads. And I'm not saying that, hey, I'm some, you know, woman whisperer or, or guru or anything like that, but I understand human nature. Because I study it. I, I, uh, you know, I'm a student of human nature and, and the inner dynamics of relationships between men and women. And I've educated myself on this thing and, and through, you know, experience in the field that I work in, stuff I've seen people, how they interact with each other, um, sometimes good, sometimes bad, usually bad. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it gives me insight to, you know, the human psyche and, and behavior. Uh, so, and the, anybody could do it, as long as you're perceptive and you do the work and you have field work in this as well. So, <clears throat> Anyways, getting back to this story, guys, let's go ahead and finish this out. So he said he's leaving. He's went on a trip for a couple weeks, probably just kind of clears mind, whatever. Maybe he's going to go get himself some too. <laughs> and then they're going to split the girls. Out, and this is where I was saying that um, this is so hard on kids, you know, and being a kid uh, growing up that went through this. Um, you know, where my parents were separated for many years, almost a decade, I think. And now again, thank God they're, they, uh, reconciled and they're back together. Um, you know, but that was hard. That was hard being a kid and having to hear some being kind of taken between kind of two homes and, and not, and as a matter of fact, you know, honestly, I didn't see my dad all that much when I was a teenager in my formative years where I, you uh, a, a boy or, or a young man needs that male role model in his life. I didn't have him there. Luckily, his brother, which was his the baby of, of the family of them, um, my uncle David, he was the one that was was there, and uh, he kind of he kind of kept me on track and and uh, I had a, a friendship and a bond with him that. You know, I, I know I can never, I can never repeat. And, and it was unique and special, uh, you know, what, what we had. And now, you know, my dad and I, we, we have a great relationship. We've, we've reconciled ourselves 
and uh you know we uh we go and do things together and you know he as a matter of fact my dad was my best man at my wedding so if that goes to show you anything about the the power of forgiveness and and reconciling with with uh those who you feel that have hurt you in the past and and essentially left you behind um that's a that's a story in itself and maybe i'll tell that story one day uh on another episode but um you know just know that you know i have a great relationship with my dad now okay let's go ahead and uh finish this so the kids and all that uh so she says here um after his two-week trip oh no no it says i uh she goes here uh we we both mutually agreed that we'd split up the time with the girls after his trip, uh, they would spend half the week with him, half the week with me. I even helped him pack up his stuff. And when we finished, I just bawled my eyes out and we hugged it out. Well, I guess you hug it out, bro. Hug it out. <laughs> you know, hugged it out. Okay. Uh, after his two-week uh, trip, uh, he came back and it felt good seeing him again. But I knew it wasn't the same. Uh, he just smiled and we made small talk before he took the girls. We're both really good parents and want the best for our kids. Wait a second. Hey, I, I'm going to have to interject here for a second. You know, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm really punching, uh, you know, uh, punching this girl here a lot, but you know, that this is, there's a reason for that. Why I'm, I'm, I'm being very uh, critical about my critique here um, because she's trying now trying to say that she's a good parent. You're not a good parent. You might love your kids. Sure. And you want the, what's best for them, but you weren't thinking what was best for them when you're, you know, slept with another guy, when you, entertained all those advances of your so-called innocent flirting when you had numerous chances to stop it and and think about them and say this could ruin my marriage this this could uh lead to a divorce where my kids will be the ultimate sufferers of it you weren't thinking about their best interests then and why is that why why do people do that why do Men cheat, women cheat, and and you know then the fallout is what it is, and they want to boohoo about all oh, my kids, and they don't respect me now, or they don't love me, or or the the my wife has turned the kids against me, or 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 vice versa, whatever, right? Why 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 does it even start to begin with? I I can tell you why. Okay, it's not a, a a secret, and it doesn't take somebody who's insightful or or knows about these things to to pinpoint it. It's and here here's what it is. Just so you guys that aren't following along at home understand, it is about our our society and what it pushes. 
it's the self-indulgent, self-centered mentality that our society pushes. This is why divorces are so high. This is why, uh, you know, marriages and, and families are broken up because it's all about what I want, what's best for me, what I demand, what I feel I'm entitled to. It's, it, it really is a, a narcissistic way of living. We are so fat with this type of thinking, this, this, you know, self-love. And when I mean that, I mean selfish love. I don't mean as like, I love who I am and, and I'm happy with who I am. And, and yes, I can improve, but I'm mentally happy. I'm physically happy or, or, you know, I'm just, I, I am just in a state of mind where I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. I'm well adjusted and I'm rational, logical, and reasonable person. That's what it means to be a happy individual. You might not feel happy all the time, but if you're a well-adjusted individual who's a productive member of society, you're a happy individual. You're, you're well-adjusted to, you know, the world and what may come. And if you're not, then, you know, I'll pray for you. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, this is, this is what, the problem is, the, this is essentially what the problem is. The number one killer of relationships and marriage is not a lack of communication. It's not, it, it, it's not a, a indifferences or, or a, a, what, what do they like to say? Uh, irreconcilable, you know, whatever uh, differences, uh, you know, the, the, you know, things that can't be reconciled between them, right? It's I, me, myself, and I. I've said it before. And love, true love, that she knows very little about, is about sacrifice. And that may mean that you might not be happy in your marriage. You might feel bored, you might think it's mundane and routine. But real love that you would have for your husband, for your children, is sacrifice. I'll sacrifice my personal happiness for my children, for my child, for my wife, for my family, for my marriage. Because that's what it takes. There are things that I want that I know will make me happy, but I can't go out and do them because I have obligation. I have responsibilities. That's what it means to be in a relationship. That's what it means to have real love in a relationship. You know, we're talking about love. I was talking about love has nothing to do with marriage, right? It's a byproduct of it. You have to understand how to love and, and what love is. 
sacrifice, sacrificing my will for the will of someone else. That's the kind of love that we all should strive for. We should all try and have in our lives, men and women, and teach it to your children too. And that doesn't mean that you're a sap that lets everyone walk all over them. It just means you may not associate with certain people if they're toxic or they, they aren't looking out for your best interests. In a relationship that this woman obviously thinks she understood or she had a good grasp on, she failed. She failed to meet her commitments, her vows, uh, her duty as a, as a parent, as a, as a wife, as a matriarch of that family. She failed. People fail all the time. And maybe they can be forgiven. Maybe they can get a second chance. But that's not a guarantee. And that's a hard pill for a man to swallow. And the fact that she wants to say she's a good parent, I find it funny. <laughs> and it is. Because she's, she's delusional. She wasn't thinking about her family. She wasn't thinking about her kids. She was going to see, and this is the problem that men and women need to understand. When you have kids, it's not just about what goes on between y'all. Because I, I think I said it earlier. What, what one person does can affect everyone else in that family. Case in point, this story. She felt a certain way. Right? About her marriage, where it was in her life, how she was feeling because her husband for a couple months was really busy at work and didn't really have time for her. And what happened? Right? Case in point here. She made a choice, not a mistake. And I don't know how this, how it led up to this. It wasn't innocent flirting. We've already went over all that, right? She made a choice that she had numerous chances to revert from, to turn the course, to steer the ship the right way, and she chose not to. She chose to drive into the rocks. And what happened? Instantaneously realized when reality Slapped her in the face after all the luster and, and illusion is gone from, you know, that little experience that she was having, the thrill of, of the taboo uh, of being a married woman and flirting with this guy and he's giving me this attention and, oh, I, I haven't felt this way in years and all the BS and justifications that are emotionally based and not logically or rationally based. After all that, when the rational, logical brain takes back over, she realized, what did I do? 
I screwed up. But at any moment, she could have realized that. She chose not to. She chose to think for her about herself. She chose to think about what I want, what I feel, and what I deserve. And these are the consequences for it. A broken husband and a broken family. So no, she's not a good parent. And she's not a good wife. And I don't think on some level that she really loves her husband. I think her her guilt and remorse outweigh love. Because let's, I would go out on a limb and say, let's say he took her back and they worked it out. A couple years go by, two, three years go by. Mundane routine life sets back in. And then what happens? Inevitably boredom. So let's finish this up and end this one, right? <laughs> it's gone on long enough, Rich. Come on. Okay, so she goes here to say, uh, uh, today I got served divorce papers. It hurts so much to know that I lost my best friend because I was stupid. At least you can admit. Sometimes I roll over to his side of the bed in the morning and I hate how I don't feel his body there anymore. I miss his smell, his smile, his voice. I miss him filling up the room, uh, the entire room uh, with his loud, adorable laugh. I miss him so much. You know, hindsight is 2020 guys. You know, now she misses this stuff, right? Now she misses it because she took it for granted. And let this be a lesson to you women out there too. Any of those that are listening, I know more men listen to this, but you too, men. Because I've heard plenty of stories from the other side where men have written, I messed up. I cheated on my wife and she was so good to me and my kids and I was just stupid. And I, same situation, I can replace a man with this same situation. Because it happens to both of us. It's not just exclusively to women. But we're just particularly talk about women on the show in these situations. But it happens to men too. And I make it a point to hold us accountable and hold our feet to the fire as well. So I'm not, doesn't look like I'm just bashing on women or whatever, which I'm not. I'm just stating obvious facts. Although hurtful or, or as brutally honest as they are, they're still facts, they're still the truth. You know, I'm not under any delusion that I'm I'm just talking out of my ass. Well, maybe sometimes I am, but not today. <laughs> so yeah, men, I've I've heard the same, very same stories. I miss her smell. I miss her laugh. I I miss her so much being around. I miss her making breakfast for me and the kids. I miss this. I miss. Then why did you do what you did? Hindsight's 2020, right? Now you do because you took it for granted. Because you thought that there was something better out there because you got bored, you got, uh, you know, uh, tired of the same old, same old. And when something new decided, hey, I'm going to kind of pay you attention, you decided to go and, and jump on it. 
And then you want to boohoo and cry like this woman and say, I miss his smell. I miss his, his laugh. And I miss this. I miss, yeah. Maybe you should have appreciated those things before. Let me tell you something, guys. If you really love somebody, do, do this sometimes. I know it's kind of morbid, but do this sometimes. You love your wife or you love your husband. Think about life without them. Think about if they passed away right there and then. Think about all the things you would miss about them. Think about how hard it would be to get through your day without that person. A constant in your life. Somebody you see on a daily basis. Somebody you talk to on a daily basis. Somebody that you confide in with. Somebody that you've you you've built a life with. Think, Just think about them not there. And that'll give you hindsight. That'll give you perspective. That'll give you appreciation for what you have and the things that they do for you. I know it sounds morbid. It sounds screwed up. I get it. You know, but you have to remember something. We're finite. We, we, we're not meant to be here forever. Our time will come and go. And maybe you'll be the one left behind. And how will you deal? You know, and, and, and these cases like this, so salvageable to, to and preventative. If people just took the time to appreciate the person sitting next to them, the person that they said, I am going to devote my life to you. I am going to be committed to you. I am going to love you and only you. If they just took that into consideration, if they just remembered those vows and that commitment and duty that that marriage is built on, the sole purpose of it and, and their children, if they have children, for God's sakes, it's such a blessing to have children. That's what marriage is, is, is a big part of for you and your wife to be one and then to reproduce and have the children, to have that family, your community, the people that you can depend on, go to. And this is granted that you're a well-adjusted individual, right? And that's what we all should strive to be. I know we all have our problems and some people have bigger problems than others. And I get that. But we all should be striving, especially as men, to be as the best versions that we can of ourselves. Not just for ourselves, but for our wives, for our children. That's what's important. That, that's the whole purpose. If you are supposed to build yourself up, this I always tell men, chase success, chase your purpose. But none of that, none of that is ever appreciated unless you have somebody there to appreciate it. Granted, you can do that and be very successful for yourself and find a sense of accomplishment in that alone. 
But when you have somebody there that appreciates you, that's devoted to you, that, you know, says, I appreciate what you do. I know that you worked yourself up to be where you are. And I appreciate that. And I am going to be devoted to you. That in itself gives a man a sense of purpose. And when you have children and you realize that now I have to live for somebody other than myself. I have these little lives now that depend on me. Depend on me to go out and be the best version of myself. There is nothing more rewarding than being a father. I, I can tell you that right now. No matter what I do in life, I could make a million dollars. My son and the efforts and investments I put into him and the, and the partaking of his upbringing and his education to know that he, and if he can become successful in life himself, that it will be my greatest accomplishment. Hands down, I could be a billionaire. And the fact that I re helped raise a child and my wife and I raised a child as a productive member of society and can go out and, and fend for himself and be successful himself, I know that I did my job. And there's no greater, no greater accomplishment than that as being a man and being a father. Some of you may disagree with me, especially you guys that don't have kids. But I do, and I get it. I understand it. And you guys that have kids out there, and you're separated from them, you have to try and reconnect, even slowly. Get yourself straight. Get yourself on track and go and try and be a father to your kids. Make the effort. Even if they push you away. Even if they tell you they don't want you around. Try and reconcile. Try and do whatever you can. To at least make an effort. To be there for your kids. So we have too many broken homes. We have too many dismantled marriages. It's, it's, there's a reason why guys don't want to get married anymore. There's a reason why all this is, you know, all our society is that self-indulgent, narcissistic, all about me mindset that we have. And it's leading us to this kind of crap. High divorce rates, broken families, kids growing up in fatherless homes, winding up going to prison and, and daughters making poor choices and men. And then, then what happens? The cycle just repeats itself because it's broken. And, and as men, we need to try and fix it. We need to try and do what we can. We need to do our part. And women need to do their part. That's how society works. A society, the foundation of society has always been in every culture, 
family, has always been the family. And we live in a society that has broken it, that said, we don't need it. Do what you want. Do what feels good. And the hell with what other obligations you have and whatever else, you know, is going on in your life. Do what you want to do because it's all about you. It's all about that self-serving, you know, need to feed that, that, you know, narcissistic side of us that, that uh, tells you, you know, be selfish, be greedy. That's what our society is telling us all the time, all the time. And I didn't even finish her story. But I don't need to. We hear the same song and dance. She's miserable. She's regretting what she wishes she could have, she had, but she screwed up. And now she says, I lost him forever. You know what? You probably did. And And you know why? Because you didn't understand what marriage is. You didn't understand what love is, true love is, about sacrifice. You didn't think about your husband, your commitment to him, your commitment and duty to your family. And you're right. You lost them both. And that's what you need to understand is that you didn't just hurt one person. You hurt everyone involved in that family. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will see you on the next one. Take care.